revolution will put you in the driver's seat. The revolution will not be televised, will not be televised, will not be televised, will not be televised. The revolution will be no rerun, brothers. The revolution will be live. Hey everyone, and welcome to the first official episode of the B-Spot podcast. So this is the podcast where we're going to discuss topics related to life, love, and success. I am your host, Brianna, and I'm so excited to be starting this first official episode and getting the ball rolling here. I originally wanted my first topic to be something a little lighthearted, a little fun, but with everything that is going on in today's world, I just felt like it was really important for me to address these topics now, especially you know, in this climate that we're currently facing. So the topic for today that I wanted to discuss is everything pertaining to racial injustice in this world, police brutality, and inequality that is going on in America. I also wanted to touch on the Black Lives Matter movement and how that is affecting change as well. This is such an important topic to me because not only as a black woman, growing up in this world having to deal with these issues and the consequences of these injustices you know me myself I've had had my own personal experiences with racism and microaggression and honestly I am just sick and tired of our voices and our stories and our feelings just not being heard and ignored and I wanted to express those feelings with you today on this podcast But before we get into the episode, I just wanted to ask you guys to please subscribe to this podcast so that way you never miss out on a new episode from me. So yeah. Okay, so I just wanted to start off the episode by pointing out that it has officially been four years since NFL quarterback Colin Kaepernick started taking a knee during the national anthem at NFL games to bring awareness to the racial injustice that was going on in this country. It's so crazy to me to think that it has officially been four years. I mean, four years ago, let's see, I was still in college, blowing my rent money on watered-down drinks, all other types of debauchery. But, you know, that's besides the point. The point is that it has been four years since the conversation about racial injustice was kind of brought to the forefront to the mainstream media and was kind of like a regular household conversation. And I don't know if you remember, but I remember the conversations at first were not very welcoming at all. I mean, the NFL was in a uproar. Players who kneeled were having their livelihoods threatened. People were saying, no, it's it's disrespectful to the troops. People who died for that flag, et cetera, et cetera. And it's just so crazy to look back on this and think that people essentially were more upset about the kneeling during the anthem than the actual issue that he was trying to shed light on, which was police brutality and racial injustice. You know, it definitely came apparent to me how ignorant people were to our issues. You know, after Kaepernick landed that Nike deal You know, next thing you know, white men out here are setting their shoes on fire in protest of what exactly? I mean, now look at you. You're barefoot and you got a pair of rubber sneakers burning in your backyard. And for what? Because the thought of equality bothers you that much. 
really like it's crazy to see how four years really not that much has changed we still are fighting to this day this uphill battle for equality when George Floyd was murdered protests you know erupted across the country and it really was such a remarkable thing to see you know when you realize that all 50 states in this country were protesting against police brutality I mean if you can get protests jumping in these little quaint states like let's see Idaho Wyoming Montana all had protests you know that's really remarkable to think about you know especially considering how low of a black population these states have and you know most of them probably don't even deal or see black people on a regular basis and even people in areas such as this are starting to wake up and realize that there is a real problem in this country that needs to be addressed the officer Derek Chauvin Chauvin whatever you know, who had kneeled on George Floyd's neck, ultimately killing him, thankfully, you know, was officially charged with second degree murder. You know, it took a very long time for that to happen. But, you know, it did happen thanks to all the media attention, the outcries, the protests. And I'm honestly, a charge in general is a big deal because if you think about how many of these cops do things like this and don't even get charged, you know, so that's a good step there. You know, I hate to sound a little defeated and pessimistic, but, you know, seeing how the murder trials for both Trayvon Martin and Michael Brown Jr., you know, they were both found non-guilty, you know, I just hope that justice for George Floyd can be served and his killer will go to prison. You know, everybody saw the traumatic video, the cop sitting on his neck. You know, he's pleading, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. He loses consciousness and the officer is still sitting on his neck. Now, this man's murder was recorded and, you know, disgustingly, all the All Lives Matter troops still found an excuse, every excuse in the book they could find to justify this man's death. Honestly, at this point, if George Floyd's killer is not found guilty of murder, you know, burn this shit to the ground. Burn it all to the ground. I'm so tired of seeing my people die at the hands of law enforcement and no one is being held accountable. Also, to add on that, even though the black community has been dealing with racism since hell since we were brought over as slaves how many some how many hundreds of years ago 2020 has particularly been hard on the black community you know between the the police brutality losing our icons such as Kobe Bryant and most recently the Black Panther Chadwick Boseman from colon cancer you know I just feel like as a collective know we're all feeling a little defeated and a little down right now because I know that for a fact I am you know no one right now can catch a break in 2020 but the black community especially is truly going through it during this time recently what I have noticed especially on social media is you know who really 
has truly been ignorant to art issues. This is the year where I really have discovered how many close-minded and closet racists I had on Facebook. People I went to school with, hung out with when I was younger, just don't understand and I feel like on social media especially with the black community I'm seeing a lot of especially young people such as myself who are using their platforms to speak out and talk about their own personal experiences that they've had with police brutality and racism. I know me personally I've read tweets about people being pulled over by cops in certain areas of Virginia pulling them over basically saying you know you better be out of this area before sundown and what are y'all doing around here this late at night? You know, just kind of like covert things that just really show how much aggression that these police have towards black people. I know that my own personal experiences with racism were not police specific, but I mean, hey, look, <laughs> listen here. I grew up in the suburbs, okay? You know, I went to a couple predominantly white schools so you know I have my own stories you know actually I got stories for days honey on what it's like as a black girl growing up in that environment which honestly could be a whole episode in of itself and it will be like I'll definitely make an episode on my experiences you know just being black in the suburbs going to white schools and how that affects you mentally um but yeah it's nice to see that we are finally having these uncomfortable conversations about race you know I feel like for the first time you know we're having conversations between other Caucasians you know educating other Caucasians checking them basically saying you know you need to check your privilege because you know you're coming from a very one-sided point of view and it's awesome to see like our caucasian allies having these conversations if we don't have these uncomfortable conversations we're never going to move forward toward a better society you know living in a state of ignorance or you know eh, you know it doesn't bother me or affect me personally so I'm just not going to deal with it or just pretend like it's not there and that way of thinking is so damaging to the cause because if you don't care ultimately you teach your children not to care and then they teach their children not to care and so on and so on and you see how generationally that's the right word generationally yeah generationally how that becomes a problem because honey let me tell you racism is taught Ooh, it is taught through the bloodline you know me shoot I remember being in a summer daycare program in Virginia Beach I was a pretty sociable child pretty active um, when this happened I was around seven or eight you know just being a carefully carefree black girl at daycare you know drawing eating my snacks playing basketball just the total opposite of who I am today but you know I was always down to play and you know, I would play with anybody didn't matter your color your shape your size boys and girls I'll play with everyone I can get down with anyone you know because none of that mattered to me because I was never taught to look at people through certain lenses based on how they look but do I have a story for you so there's this girl and I'm not going to say her name even though her name is generic and you know anyone could have this name I'm going to call her Katie okay I'm going to call her Katie so Katie was a girl that I regularly played with she seemed to be my friend and I was obviously her friend you know just doing little girl things you know coloring eating snacks running around playing tag you know just 
typical kid shit and she usually got picked up pretty early in the day you know and I usually didn't get picked up till about five o'clock which is you know the latter end of daycare so she was there pretty late and the later it gets the less kids you have to play with so me and her were playing one-on-one I'm pretty sure it was basketball like it was just me and her doing our thing and her dad had came through to come pick her up you know her dad kind of looked at me real tight but I just figured you know most parents just kind of want to see their kids playing with and you know just real stern you know like let's go Katie let's go you know she scurried up got her stuff and went home I didn't think nothing of it her dad probably had a long day working providing and I didn't think anything of it because you know I was seven eight like why would I assume anything bad so you know that was that um the next day she didn't really act the same you know like she wasn't really socializing with me she was kind of avoiding eye contact so you know me being who I was back then I went up to her and I said you know like do you want to play and then I just to this day like it still hurts and she was like my dad said I'm not allowed to play with black kids and then she just walked away and I was in a state of shock you know slight shock for a little kid you know like I still had not fully processed racism and it did hurt and you know what the first thing I did was I snitched <laughs> I sure did snitch because I was thinking to myself hey I may not be old enough to understand the complexities of racism but I know that for a fact what you just said can get you in trouble so I'm a snitch so and it was funny because all of our teachers at this daycare were black so you know I went and I said miss miss p miss p you know she said that she can't hang out with black kids and her reaction was what what you know she went called her over immediately she she looked more distraught than I definitely was she said why would you say that why on earth would you say that to her y'all are friends everyone is friends here and she started crying you know white tears but yeah I just cannot believe at that young age I had already experienced it and I just felt so embarrassed so ashamed I really didn't even tell anyone what had happened because it just made me so sad but you know I did carry on nothing had happened but just thinking back like how even as kids you know black kids do have to deal with other people's ignorance and ignorance is taught it is taught at a young age you know one moment Katie is fine she's my friend we're cool and the next you know I'm the black kid and she can't hang out with me and then you know as you get older you know it goes from more overt racist statements such as that to more you know the microaggressions like oh is that your real hair and oh you speak so nice for a black girl oh you're so pretty for a black girl oh my god if I had a dollar for every time someone told me I'm pretty for a black girl or I got nice hair for a black girl rich filthy rich Trump checks like who where do these notions even come from to even say things to people like that and I know my experience is not not unique at all you know especially black kids growing up in white schools definitely have stories of their own to share but I just wanted my last thought on this subject to be yes like 2020 is horrible yes the black community we are tired we're feeling defeated but we cannot give up y'all like we just cannot give up I mean hey look at it this way like the civil rights movement lasted damn near 20 years 20 years I'm sure they wanted to quit I'm sure they were just like we can't make change no one cares enough to care for us but they persevered and they kept going because they knew that if they 
quit, change would never come. They would never get what they were fighting for. If they had quit, we'd still probably go to different schools, you know, use different restrooms, different water fountains, sit in the back of the bus. And I just want to leave this episode on a positive and inspiring note just whether it's for the black lives matter movement in particular or just your own personal journey that you're going through keep going on to all my black creatives out there please keep going making your art your music your youtube videos whatever keep going um my black entrepreneurs keep going keep going my black lawyers black doctors who are able to make institutional change from the inside keep going we need you we really need y'all because this fight is not over we're probably gonna be fighting this fight for a long time if we really want to see real change i'm not talking about performative change you know like putting hashtag blm in your bio or posting a black box on instagram you know exactly what i'm talking about real performative things but real everlasting generational change that our kids and their kids will be able to look back on and say wow we accomplished that well whew. all right by the end of this now my emotions are everywhere i'm feeling i'm feeling a lot better you know i definitely wanted to get all this off my chest before i moved on into the more lighthearted material that i wanted to do for this podcast so if you made it to the end of this episode thank you so so much for listening to me once again this is the b spot podcast starring brianna um and if you liked what you heard please you know leave five stars leave a review and make sure that you subscribe to the podcast so that way you're notified when i upload my next episode once again, thank you so much and until next time.